Welcome to the Craft of Memory. I'm your host, Ronald Johnson. On this show, we seek to recover this beautiful art. For memory without conscious design is like an uncatalogued library. We believe this is a skill that anyone could learn. And the question is, will you seek to hone this craft? You are now listening to episode 13. I had the opportunity to speak with Braden Adams, a Canadian memory athlete and three times national champion. He is extremely skilled in the art of memory and especially at memorizing decks of cards. He can memorize a deck of cards in under 20 seconds. So without further ado, let us get into the interview and hope you all enjoy. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get into the world of memory sports? Uh, my name is Braden Adams from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. Yeah, my journey to memory sports, it's like the same as like what 90% of memory athletes, or they say they read Moonwalking with Einstein. I kind of actually had a, it's it kind of one of those weird things where I had a customer come into my work. So I'm a public servant. And in a previous public servant position I had, I'm in a different one now, but uh, I serve the public like uh, over counter. And the guy just, and it's, it's one of those things where he could have went up to anyone's desk. I, I happened to get him. So it was fate, I guess. And he, um, I think he worked nights. He's like a correctional officer or something. And he mentioned how his night shifts were messing with his memory, which a lot of science will back up. But um, he mentioned that he started reading this book called Moonwalking with Einstein. And he was applying some memory techniques from it just to help him in his day to day. And he noticed it was helping. And I, I've always had a wicked natural memory. Um, like, like a lot of memory athletes too will say, oh, I have a below average memory or average. And, you know, so anyone can learn how to do this stuff. Um, my memory's actually always been pretty exceptional. So um, I heard this, and I'm like, huh, this sounds, this is interesting. And I always like a challenge. So um, I asked, I put that book on like my Christmas list or something, and I ended up getting it for Christmas a couple months later. Um, and I, I, I should probably read more books. I don't read it as much as I should. And I got this book and I couldn't put it down. I finished it faster than I've finished a book. And like, I didn't even know how long, like oh, wow. since I was a kid, like I blew through the thing. And, and uh, I was like, I got it. So anyway, I, that, that's how it started. I uh, learned about memory sports. I then went to see if there was a memory scene in Canada and there was, it was very small. Uh, so I, and then I learned that the, the BC memory championships, British Columbia. So for those not from Canada, I'm not familiar with our, country uh, there's 10 provinces and three territories so british columbia i'm on the far west coast and you had donnie don vickers on an earlier episode he's on he's in nova scotia he's literally all, almost as far as you can get away from me like we're on like polar opposites of the continent so it's like four time zones like he could fly to the uk almost faster than i could fly to him you know like anyway so um there was a there was a bc event happening um and six weeks from the time I read that. So I was like, holy shoot. So I think I thought about it for a day or two. I was like, you know what? I should just, I should just enter this thing. What the heck? So um, I signed up for it and then I started creating a card system. So I hadn't done anything yet. Um, so I built that and um, it was a PAO system, person, action, object. And I learned all of this stuff. I literally had no outside uh, sources other than Moonwalk with Einstein at the time. 
So I built the PAO from scratch just for cards, competed, I won. Um, and then it, it all kind of took off from there. So I uh, kind of slowly learned more about, you know, the other events that existed, got more into that, competed in the Canadian Memory Championships, and then kind of, you know, went from there. But that, that's how it all kind of started. And uh, yeah, Moonwalking with Einstein, I got it. I mean to reread it. it yeah, yeah. It's such an impactful, impactful book. You think of it or revisit it by now. But that was... Um, that event was early it was like february 2016 so it's been over six years now yeah so so how is uh memory sports going now in canada you mentioned how it was small is it is it gradually growing there uh i, I say it's probably a little bit bigger um like there's there's guys like like don vickers who's he's actually you know kind of coming to his own he's, he's doing really good um but other than me and him are really as far as i know the only active Canadians. I had a class of students that I was kind of teaching on the weekends and stuff. Uh, COVID kind of put a nail in that. And then um, it, that kind of fizzled out. But I had a had a student compete at the World Memory Championships from that. And she ended up setting her world record. So like there's some talent here. But um, yeah, I'd say it's probably a little bigger than it was then. Um, there's a lot of young people and stuff like that. But until we get these in-person competitions going, which we haven't had one since 2019 because of COVID. Um, we, I guess it's, it's hard to know if it's growing a lot, you know? So, but we, you know, we, we've been doing um, honorary online events. So like nothing official, but Francis Blondin, our fearless leader at the Canadian Mind Sports Association, he'll, he puts all these things together and whoever wants to participate, um, you can download all the, the sheets and do, you know, do the memory events at home honor system and then sending your scores and he'll put it on a scoreboard and that's kind of all we've been able to do because we haven't been allowed to meet in person so we're going to hopefully do our first canadian mind sports association event in in what three years and um later this year so i mean if you would ask me back in 2019 like i would have hopefully been going for my fifth or sixth title by now and uh wow there's only we've only had two events because we split the the memory sports scene in canada there's been a bit of without getting into the politics of it the we started our own thing in 2018. Um, so there's actually kind of like, you know how the, the International Association of Memory and the World Met, the World uh, Memory Sports Council, they're like two separate yeah, entities. Yeah. Some people, some don't recognize the other. Okay. That happened in Canada, kind of. And like, no, we don't wish any anything ill will or anything towards the founder of the Canadian Memory Championships, but we found it necessary to start our own thing. So we did. Um, and we've been holding our own events since 2018, but we've only had two national events. I won the, I won the both. Um, and this year will be our third, hopefully. So we'll see if the sport's been growing. I, I have a feeling it will be, and it has been. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so let's, uh, dive into some memory techniques and, uh, yeah. we could talk about, uh, phonetics. Uh, so let's, let's dive into phonetics. Oh boy. So I know some memory athletes who have very detailed images. They're fixed. They have texture, color, size, weight, and so forth, as if they were actual images. Do you uh, agree with this uh, philosophy in terms of, of having something very uh, detailed in terms of, of what an image looks like, or, or, you're more, is, or is your approach more having an image to be to be vague or like, like more uh, abstract or s sort of like a silhouette or something that could 
uh, change. It's not like a fixed image. Right. Um, I mean, it probably depends on the person, but for like for me, I, I think it should be, I'm going to say two different things. So it should be as detailed as possible. So like when I re actually review my system and I'm going through it in my head. So I try to do my usual strategy was to do just throughout the day, I'd review hundred images in a day, right? So like one day would do zero, zero, zero to zero, nine, nine. And the next day, one, zero, zero to one, nine, nine and so on. And, and then there's a, some additional card, card combos that the phonetics are similar. I'd, I'd add those. in. so I ended up reviewing like 145 images in my head a day. And when I do those, I'm not in a hurry. I'm not in a hurry really. So I, I'll go through them and I'll picture them in detail and whatever and refine and stuff like that. Um, now when I'm memorizing or I'm doing drills and I'm like trying to get image recognition going, um, it's funny. Like there's some days where I'm memorizing and everything is clear and it's awesome. And there's some days where it's not, I don't know why. Uh, but even some of the days where the image is just, I'll even like, while I'm doing it, like, I, I get so bad. Like I'll, sometimes my mind goes other places. I, I feel like, and while I'm memorizing a deck of cards or a bunch of numbers, I'll even notice that my images aren't like as vivid as they should be, but you know what? Like they still stick. Like it's, it's weird. Cause like when you know your images well enough, I find they each leave like a different impression on you still like they each have their own feel kind of, um, or so that in that sense, like even if you're having trouble recalling it, um, like in a recent video I did, right. It spoke of numbers. I was stuck on one image for like 10 minutes and I audibly worked it out and settled on an image and I ended up getting it right. And I came to the conclusion that, okay, this image, I don't know how many images I have that just gnash and stab and cut things in half. I'm like, I, I'll have my images do the same thing. I gotta, I gotta switch that out. It's all a lot of violent stuff, but I was like, okay. I'm pretty sure it was a monster or something scary. So it wasn't just an animal. I was like, okay. What monsters are there? Okay. It wasn't, I don't think it was a vampire. And I was like, okay, it wasn't, and I have like three different vampires. I'm like, okay. And I went through and I'm like, I think it was either a polar bear or a werewolf, but I remember it being kind of scary. So I think it was a werewolf and it was a werewolf. And again, and then once I got it right, I was able to, okay, this is probably what I thought. But at the time it wasn't a clear image. Cause like, it was just a blur that I don't remember what he was. He was splitting something open. And then it was whatever was being opened was flying all over the place. And so that part was very vivid. I didn't forget that one, but I brushed the first one. So I guess what I'm saying is um, when I'm in a hurry, it's like sometimes I can't be as, as, as vivid as I want. I wish I could, but I can't. So that's not the priority, I guess. The priority is like making sure you know your image as well. So um, when you're going through them, they do, like I know Lance Sherhart, like a lot of people refer to him where his, um, each of his images will, they have like one they make a unique effect right and they can that image only makes that effect period so that's not some that's not how my system really works and one of the reasons it, it doesn't is because i have so many like people and characters in mind it's kind of hard yeah you have like is it 40 to 50 percent person i think so but dude i i work i work well with that there's some people um like i don't like some people just don't work that well with that stuff like i know ben pridmore and lance sherhart they're they're more like they're less names and faces types of guys. Like they'll both say like, um, like 10%. Yeah. It's like 10, probably 10%. And for me, it's like, I, I, I have, I pull from like childhood and like different weird shows, video games, people I know. Um, I have characters 
and people from all over and like but they all have unique like it's hard to it's hard to articulate they all have the unique like feelings to them or vibes to them or whatever and um even though i have like i don't know how many wrestlers for instance like from my childhood um they're very different to me still um like i remember explaining to one guy too my i had my old system i guess i have mario and luigi in my system now but someone was telling me like oh you gotta have like super in my pao i only had 100 people right back when i used pao and you gotta these gotta be all super distinct i'm like hey i am mario luigi and other than looking like having different color overalls, like when I'm flying through images in my head, it's basically the same thing. And I've never mixed them up once. So um, it's just a matter of, I guess, it's, it's hard, like like being familiar with your images. And like, I, I don't know how to explain that more. Like, like you have to be, they have to be intimate to you, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've spoken to a lot of memory athletes and there's, there's this, there seems to be this common thread of a feeling like yeah, they, yeah. they can sense an image. Yes. Like there's a, almost a presence. Like if mm -hmm. you, if someone was in the room, there's, there's a, a unique impression, a unique presence. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I find that to be very interesting mm -hmm. idea of feeling and, and intuition. Um, yeah. And that, that comes in handy, especially in the speed events uh or spoken number stuff like that in marathon events totally different story because i'm doing review, uh, multiple reviews right so if i'm seeing like a deck of cards two or three times um totally different story man like i you know i'm usually just kind of coding the information on the first one and i'm just boom 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 going through all my, each pair of cards and then sec um i should not not that fast but then on my second go through and third go through i'm usually like rapid fire going through the cards but even at that speed because i've already seen them um i can create um like a more vivid like scene narrative i can like weave a narrative i might be able to link locations better the second or third time around because sometimes i'll, I'll weave it weave images in together in different locations and that's way easier to do if i'm able to review the images multiple times it's almost like your my subconscious is kind of like working out the details and then when i come back to it it's like whoa this is like it's it's like seen it in a like I've already seen them, but I'm seeing them like with a different, like with fresh eyes. It's weird, man. But um, so in marathon events, um, yeah, I can I can take that extra second to on that um, to work on detail for sure. So I guess like what I'm saying a lot of the time is is mostly in the in the fast events is when this happens. What I've seen before. So so sometimes two images may come into one's mind when looking at a number. So for example. Uh, zero to four, you can have snare, according mm -hmm. to the major system. Mm -hmm. uh, one could imagine like a snare from a drum set or snare yeah. as in a trap that someone sets. Mm -hmm. Or um, you can have a swat, um, swat as a, a fly, uh, like you're swatting a fly or fly swat or SWAT as in a SWAT team. Um, so do you think it's wise to have room for multiple images for one number? And the image that is chosen is dependent upon what is most fitting to the given memorization environment or scenario. Mm -hmm. So some images may be, uh, or one image may be more 
fitting in this locus, um, if, if that makes makes any sense. Would you yeah. encourage someone to be to have a fixed image for one number or do you have this room for flexibility and changing um, as you're memorizing? Um, I'm not opposed to the to the flexibility at all. Um, I, I know a lot of people are opposed to stuff like that and they're very rigid and which is fine. It's fine. It's good to have rules um if if that's what works for you now for i don't do that i do kind of a variation of what you've said so i won't have different um images for the same like like i don't even mean the phonetics this, the words the same it's just you're picturing different things now i would I, I guess i wouldn't discourage somebody from doing that i would say like if it, if you can do it like i would maybe when you're a little more experienced do it because i could you, if you don't know your image as well you could confuse it if you have a you know you're using snare and in one instance it makes more sense to do a drum but then if one of the one of your other instruments is like um maybe a different instrument and like you didn't really think about that then you might be oh wait was it snare or was it this or was it um i could see that working for some people though for sure um for me i wouldn't do that what i would do though is i use variations of the same image so for instance um it's weird it's like a hybrid pao type of thing almost so some of my some of my images are on its own, just a generic, like a, an umpire. Um, um, the phonetic won't make sense, but he's just, he's waving someone safe or somebody stealing the bass, like a baseball. So the phonetics uh, for five of hearts, jack of spades, or five, five of spades, jack of hearts. For me, it spells the word stoled, which isn't a really word, a word, but you gotta get creative with this because there's only so many words you can make. Um, and it's somebody, just a baseball player stealing a bass. I always take a second base. Um, so if it's that first and then like, I don't know, a bees hive and then like a shovel, I imagine maybe the bees, that guy's stealing the base and then uh, hits a shovel over into the beehive. But if it's a person and then stole, I would imagine they're stealing the base. So I, I take out the, the generic baseball player and I imagine like Jubilee from X-Men, she's stealing the base instead. So I, I, I'll like, combine it all and um it works fine i didn't start doing that till recently um but um it seems to work okay and there's a few images where i do that we're like there's one image for like two four five i use the word gnarly and i just think of a skateboard using some cool like 90s cool guy lingo and again it's just skateboard on its own and it can hit stuff but then if it's somebody and then skateboard because i always have the first image in after the second then i'll imagine they're riding the skateboard yeah. Or if there's a third image and it makes more sense for them to like hit the thing with the skateboard, then I'll imagine that. But you know what I mean? Like, um, I'll I'll adjust my images for for that, right? And I'll I'll kind of play it by ear. So I'm flexible in that way. Um, but um, it, yeah, especially if there's like a generic character doing something, like a like a placeholder. So those images get really fun when you can picture certain people doing something, and it makes it. I find it it helps me because it's less things to worry about. Like it's instead of having Jubilee um, from X Men. I don't know why I thought of her, but she's the you know if she's maybe running after the guy who's stealing the base. Like if she can just be the one stealing the base, that's just less brain power for me. I think you know. And it, yeah, yeah. It, it probably makes like a, a the tiniest difference when I'm memorizing a deck of cards or something. But I find I, I find it helps, and it's just I don't know. It's smoother for me and. You know it's all about enjoying the process and i enjoy doing that more so so yeah I, i'm kind of it's kind of like what you said but kind of kind of different i guess but so uh do you think it's fine to have 
similar looking images in your system. So, for example, uh, spoon, we have 0, 9, 2. And then you can have teaspoon, uh, 1, 0, 9. Um, do you think it should be avoided or, or may one simply modify or exaggerate the, the features? So um, one of the problems is um, you can confuse images. Yeah. Uh, if you're going really, really fast. So you can have a, a sword or a club and, and, there, and, and there could be confusion, um, but uh, you can sort of exaggerate or modify the image uh, in sort of to make it um, more distinct. So, so what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think uh, it's, it's uh, helpful or beneficial to modify images or do you prefer just to avoid um, having similar uh, images? Yeah, that's a good question too. Um, again, you'll find people who are very staunch. Okay, if it, you know one one thing only, that's it. Um, I think if you did this, the spoon and teaspoon, my gut reaction is to say no. But if you could make them distinct enough, then I there's I don't think there's an issue. Like if you made zero nine two, uh, so spoon. If you made that a like a wooden spoon, and it was like distinct enough, and you could you know feel it and taste it in a teaspoon. Um, had a certain look. I don't, I don't know. Like when I, like I use teaspoon for one zero nine, but I just use a generic look at like spoon. I don't think anything of it. Um, but if I had different spoons, I would maybe imagine some tea on it or something maybe, but I would go with a wooden spoon. Other, otherwise though, I, I, I tend to discourage if you can anything too similar, but like I'm a total hypocrite because I have a bunch of images that are, that are actually quite similar. And uh, but they're, in my opinion, they're distinct enough, but then I still mix stuff up. So, you know, I, you know, I've, I've been using the big systems I have for a few years and I still find stuff I got to fix or, you know, tweak and stuff like that. So it's a never ending process, but um, avoid similar things if you can. And if you can't, because phonetics are limited, right? And there's only so many things you can make, um, then definitely make sure it's distinct. So like uh, changing, changing some of the features. So making like a, a wooden spoon or, or adding something to it to make it distinct from the, the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or make it like, yeah, if there's a different type of spoon, make it a giant spoon or something for some reason, or like a baby toy, or I don't know, like make it something like different than what teaspoon, because teaspoon is, we all think of probably like a silver, like generic spoon. Right. So uh, yeah, do something to make it stand out and make it unique from that. And um, I'm curious to know, um, how often do you modify or, or change your images? Um, I haven't, I haven't done that in quite a while, actually. I'm, I'm open to doing it, um, but I, I was doing it regularly. It felt like for a long time. Um, I kept finding issues, but uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I should probably go through. I mean, I go through review my images, but there's a, there's a handful that I'm always like. Mm, I'm always a little slow on the draw on this one. Is it because it's a bad image? Is it because the phonetics just aren't natural? Sometimes some, some of the phonetics are just weird and it's like, you just got to get used to them. Um, so I, I got to probably spend, I get so caught up in training and focusing on training so much. I should probably spend a more, more time reflecting on that kind of stuff, but I haven't made any changes in a while, but I'm not opposed to doing it either. So um, mm. maybe I'm just a little lazy. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> but yeah. 
So what are your thoughts about having verbs in your system, such as tickle or, or timid? Uh, we, we well, tend to have like, per, like <laughs> persons or objects or what, what's your. Okay. So I would just, okay. So if it's, um, so are we talking about it? Oh, not like not a, a PAO. Uh, right. Yeah. So somebody had a two digit or a three digit object. Yeah. Yeah. Like we would. Okay. So uh, I would, I would advise against it unless, so I have a few words that are adjectives or verbs or whatever, but they, um, they represent a person or an object. Right. So like, for instance, um, like the word mischief, actually it's a, it's a cheat too. Cause I have a few words again, the major system's tricky and some of them, some of the combinations. So three, six, eight, doesn't spell anything useful really so i pretend that the s is silent and i spell the word mischief and i think of loki like from you know thor and loki and all that and because he's mischievous and up to no good all the time so I, yeah i think of him um when i think of that word like the word mischief like could mean anything right um and i i have a i have a couple other ones i can't think of them right now where they're they're similar it's like a verb but like that verb represents a person right or an object um and then that is my image for it not not the actual verb itself so um hmm. i have oh i have one called it's one of my bad the, there's a string of cards like when you get into the shadow system we can get in the nitty-gritty of that later but i have one image is basically the word shocked but it's a guy getting shocked by a fence so same thing like if if it's a person and then I'll imagine them grabbing like an electric fence and getting shocked. Um, but it's not like, yeah, it's not just the word shocked on its own. Like, you know what I mean? It's not a verb. It represents a vivid detailed image to me. So okay, I would have so, against it. Okay. So like uh, yeah. turning it into a person or an object. Yeah. Okay. Um, you transitioned from the PAO card system to uh, the two card shadow system. What are some of the challenges with the two card system? And what steps have you taken to overcome these difficulties in order to perform at such a high level? Oh, man, there's a lot of difficulties. <laughs> I mean, the hardest part is uh, um, understanding the system first. So like the system I use is the shadow system. Famously, Lance Sherhart wrote that. You know, all, all the memory people are going to know what I'm talking about. But people won't so on the art of memory forum there's this now like looking back on it especially looking at the people who were talking at the time um it's like this famous post from 2014 where he shared his shadow system and he even said at the time he's like yeah this isn't working i'm probably crazy and ended up being like this genius thing where it's it was like this revolutionary car system and it's funny because he ends up he ended up even changing it because the original it was originally called the shadow system because he like he had um he had 2,704 images originally, right? Like there's a shadow image for each card combination. So like ketchup, the finesse for ketchup would be good. But then if you got the like red version of that or the black version of those cards, it would be just whatever the opposite of that image is. So it'd be like mustard. So there's actually shadow images for each one. And then eventually Alex Mullen chimes in. So this is before he was world champion. He chimes in and says, oh, you know, okay, you sold me in the system, but he, he talked about he's going to use Johannes Mala's block method which again was like most people were like well, what is this and that's where he uh we, we anyway I, I don't know i, I can explain yeah, yeah. it all now but yeah you can, he, you okay, can uh, so, get into it yeah so the block the, the two block method is basically it was a way 
way for somebody to have a two card system and only need half the images. So I think Johannes Mal was the one that like first did this. I haven't found any like any actual like documentation on like the phonetics he uses. I, I mean, I could just ask the guy probably, but um, so what that means is, um, so originally like if you have a unique image for every pair, possible pair of two cards, including doubles, um, which could happen if you had two decks, I guess, right? Um, you you would work out, it'd work out to 2,704 images or you split that in half, 1,352, I guess, right? So, um, so in order to do that, what happens is every single um, black first pair. So when you look at a pair of cards, you read them left to right, um, you know, is either starts with a, uh, a red, red card or a black card. So um, every black first pair of cards has it has a unique image and it has a corresponding red first pair of images. Uh, sorry, as it as the exact same image on the on the red first pair of cards. So what happens is like for instance the um, the like the ace of hearts and the ten of spades is the exact same image as the ace of spades and the ten of hearts. So but um, so every image has a corresponding opposite image basically. So it sounds nice, but you're like, okay, well, how do you know what image is which, right? So then the way you do that is when you memorize the deck of cards, um, if, you're if you're memorizing every black first pair of cards, or you, you can do it the other way too, but um, you just keep adding images to your location, right? So, okay, if it's ace of spades, 10 of spades, okay, next image is five of clubs, five of hearts, okay, next image is, oh, it's king of hearts, 10 of clubs, Okay, that's my final. That's my final image in that location. Next location. So if it's a red first pair, that's your final pair of cards in that location. It acts as like a stop sign. You move to your next one. Now, if, if a pair of cards begin, like if the first pair of cards in a location starts with a red card, that's your only image in that location, right? So when you're doing your recall and you're going through, and like it happens way more than you think, where you get the same image twice in one deck you know right away if it was red first or black first because it was either only the only image in a location, then you know it's red. If it was the final image in a location, then it, you know it started with a red. Or if it was anything else, right, then it started with a black first pair. So that's in a nutshell, the, the shadow system. Come in, we'll come back to that, but um, the hardest part is understanding like all the rules, like that, that stuff. In, in Lance's post, like that part isn't even explained super well, I don't think. Um, the more confusing thing is, is just the phonetics in general and knowing how to read the cards and then knowing, okay, what do you do when you have a face card? Okay, two face, what do you do when it's a number card first and then a face card? Oh, okay. And then, you, and it's like, it's, it's crazy. So um, when I was learning it, I remember I read it a few times and every time I go, like a couple months ago by and I'd read it again, you know, like, this is hopeless. What? I'll just use PAO until I die. Who cares <laughs> if I never get the 30 second deck of cards? And then, um, I was talking to John Graham and he, I noticed him. I was so jealous of this guy because I always felt like we were kind of on the same level. And then he was like competing like division two, division one memory league. And he's like, you just got to bite the bullet, man. You got to like, you want, you want the secret. You want the hidden secret as to how people do the shadow system. I'm like, yeah, lay it out. He's like, you read Lance's post. And if you don't get it, you read it again. And if you don't get it, you read it. He's like, if you have to read it 20 times, read it 20 times. And just keep reading it until you get it. I'm like, ah, oh, man, I just want a shortcut, which is what everyone wants in life, but that's not how things work. So I printed off multiple copies of it, kept it at my desk at work, brought it home, and I just like kept reading it and it finally clicked. And now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, I, I know exactly how Lance thinks now. I've talked to him a lot. 
So it makes complete sense, but it's, it looks like you're reading a different language too. And I was yeah, like, yeah, so it is. It is like a, a language. Also, you have a, a spreadsheet. Um, yes. That's also very useful. So um, if you're wanting to build a shadow system, I encourage you to visit the Art of uh, Memory form. Mm -hmm. Or actually, I'll, I'll just uh, leave, leave a link. But yeah, um, it has been very helpful. Moving from a PAO, which, which is more fixed in terms of images being in a locus, whereas the, the two card system, you can have an, a, a different number of images in a, in a locus. And I'm assuming that's uh, very challenging. So was it difficult in your, in your transitioning in terms of going to something that's more fixed and to something that's has more variety and, and how did you uh, sort of sort of overcome come that if that was mm -hmm. the case yeah it was it wasn't as hard as i thought it would be but it was still weird and you have to get we you get you have to like to even get to the point where you're memorizing with your shadow system man it's such a journey like not to digress too much but it's like doing building this from scratch right it's like before i even started my car like while i was building my three-digit system i built flashcards in my Quizlet app, um, just to memorize the phonetics, right? You know, I need to get those down. Okay, now I got the phonetics. So that way when I'm ready to learn the cards, at least I know what all the, what sounds all the suits make and stuff, right? Because each pair of suits makes a different sound, which again, to your non-memory uh, audience, they're like, what does that even mean? But um, so that that alone, man, is crazy. And then, and then building the system, right? And then getting to the point where you can even know the images well enough to practice so the, like we're talking wait you know multiple steps here months and months almost a year even just to get to there if for some in some cases um and then getting to the point where you're practicing for me the hardest part um so multiple images in a location is weird at first but you kind of get used to it and then um i, I found the hardest part about the shadow system one of the hardest parts that people don't talk about is recall like when you're memorizing a deck of cards uh, eventually after the point where i'd be able to get through them at a decent speed but then um you'd have four or five minutes for recall and i wouldn't even need to half the deck because like you're going through and i'm like okay which is which which is and i'm like pairing you know i get the ones i know quick and then the, the cards that are left it's like a puzzle so you're trying to piece them together and i run out of time i'm like oh well, that sucks or i forget you know what combination the sounds the suits make like it's not as native to you at the time so i would have to do custom trials where i'd have to give myself like 10 or 15 minutes for recall until i could get faster at it. Um, that was a way bigger problem for me in recall than um, than the, the multiple locations, I think, because yeah, I don't know. I remember Lance warning me about that too. He's like, you should his his advice was to take the face cards out of your deck and then so have a deck of cards just with the numbered cards and just like memorize the or even just and then get two suits and practice memorizing decks like you know 20 cards. Uh, with just learning the phonetics of a couple different suits and then put those together. He's like, don't even worry about the face cards. And then I did that a couple of times. I was like, ah, I'll just go for it. And then I ended up, I actually progressed a lot faster uh, than he or thought I would. Um, and, but he said the, the, what, what the phrase he used was variable image stacking, which he always has such uh, high tech sounding uh, terms for things. And he's he, like, he seemed to think that was a huge hurdle, which I thought it would be, but I, I guess this is my really long-winded way of saying I don't think it was for me. Um, I don't, the thing you gotta get used to is um, just the rules, right? Like knowing when to, okay, black black first, red first, 
when to move on, um, and then recalling which was which. There is one super tricky thing though um, that Lance, I keep talking about him all day here, he warned me about, and I didn't understand it until it happened to me. And then I, I have to have this talk with every person I coach on the net, on the shadow system because they don't understand it until it happens to them. And it's where, so 90, what, 99% of the time when, when you, um, you don't have images that conflict in your recall because you, you have the rule, but there's times where you, where you can be confused and not know. And that's where if you, um, okay. So let me, I, I have one hard rule about uh, locations. So I, at Lance's advice, he said, cap your images at five images per location for, for speed cards. He's like for longer ones, if you think, and I actually kind of stick to that rule most of the time. Um, he's like fifth location or fifth, fifth image of that location. If it's black first, if it's red first, it doesn't matter. Like you'll know there was five there. Even if you, you mix that one up, like you'll get the rest of the deck and then you'll come back to it. You'll, you'll, you'll figure out what it was. Like, it'll be fine. But he's like, there's, there's a problem. If your fifth image is, is one of the 20 different images where there's a, where you can't tell the difference, like a seven of hearts, seven of spades is the same image back and forward. He's like, if that's your fifth image, you're not going to remember which was which. I'm like, oh, dude. And I remember he tried to explain this to me and I was like, I don't really, uh, and then it happened to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm like, what do you do? You can't tell the difference. Like if you have that hard rule that I'm out after five images, but you can't tell if it's a black first or red first because it is the exact same image both ways. So he said, okay, here's, here's my rule. If you get four black first in a row, and then the fifth is, we'll just use the same example, seven of spades, seven of hearts. He's like, if it's black first, then you stop at five and you move on. Okay, if it was a red first one, it was seven of hearts, seven of spades, you keep stacking. So sometimes, so now how you do it from there can be weird. Cause like if you, some people could keep stacking blacks again until you get a red, uh, what I most of the time do is I will just add one more image and then move on. Um, and then I'll know, I'll know that fifth one was red first because there was a, there's a sixth image in the location. Right. And that's an exception. Um, I've had it before where I've had two or three, like only once or twice, where I've had two or three of those double red first images in a row at the end. <laughs> so that has happened to me before. So I had to keep going and I've had to stack like eight or nine images in a location before, but wow. uh, yeah, it's like, it's super rare, right? It's only happened. Like, I only remember it because it's only happened like twice probably. So um, that's the, so that's the hard part of, of when we're talking about variable image stacking. Um, that's definitely the hard part in straightforward scenarios where I can, I'll cap it at five. There's no confusion. Putting multiple images in a location. Um, once you get used to it, isn't that bad? It, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was that hard. You just got to get used to, you just got used, used to doing it. And, you know, in, you know, first image interacts with the second, but then, okay, there's a third and a fourth, depending on what those are. Sometimes those interact independently. Uh, sometimes it all becomes part of a big story. Um, like if, if they're all people, like, or they're all object, it, it gets, it's, it's hard to explain. Like you have to do this enough too, where you figure out how your brain works and like, like your brain will naturally make its own associations, like based on experience and preference and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, you just gotta get used to it and play around with it. Honestly, I, I honestly didn't think it was that, that crazy. A lot of people found that I know find that hard with the shadow system, but the hard part again is that those crazy scenarios where you, you find those weird double pairs. So 
there's a little little tip for you if you good uh, stuff. most people will see you might not know what that <laughs> might not understand <laughs> good good stuff yeah. um so I, i'll leave some links um mm -hmm. for the the shadow system um on the art of memory um, so if you're interested in learning more about it, uh, feel free to uh, check out those links. So what advice would you give to someone if they want to improve their speed in the cards discipline? I know that you're, you're really uh, good at cards um, mm -hmm. and you're, you have a, a, a high, high consistency from, uh, from what I see um, when I watch your, your matches. Um, so so what, what advice would you give for um, increasing, increasing one's, one's speed in this discipline? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it depends on what system you're, you're using, but like it, what it comes down to is like a few things, in my opinion, um, obviously practice, that goes without saying. Um, being familiar with your memory palaces, okay? I'm assuming people listening to this already know what a memory palace is. Um, so knowing those well, Okay, having good ones, you know, ha having something in the locations, if possible, for the images to interact with, so they those act as like an, an extra like anchor, right? So to to add some uh, something memorable, um, and then like, but more so with cards, like doing it's all the boring stuff, right? Like reviewing your images, doing flashcards, and then doing speed drills. So there's, you know, here's the thing too. Here's a little tip tip I picked up from Alex Mullen. Um, I don't remember if he said, I think he said this in, in an interview. Um, Francis Blondin, my, my buddy in Montreal who runs a Canadian Mind Sports Association, he's the one that tipped me off to this first. He, his advice, um, back when I was like just using my, 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 my big systems to try to get better at it. So there's two different ways you can do speed drills and I'll, I'll do them both, right? So you can go through, just load up a bunch of decks of cards or a bunch of numbers like on, on the IAM training site or memory league or whatever, um, and just go through them uh, go through a deck of cards as fast as you can um, while picturing, not memorizing, right? But picturing just each individual image with, um, or if you want to have a couple interact, whatever, but picturing each individual image. So you're you're just drilling how fast you can picture the image and that's it. So like on the IAM site, I'll set up like 10 decks of cards, put a timer on and see how many decks I can go through in like two minutes or three minutes while just picturing each image and that's it. So that you're training yourself on just image recognition and then i'll do another drill where i'll move even faster and i just go through a deck of cards and try to read them as fast as i can so i'm not even picturing the image um i'm just reading them now if you have a if you don't have a system that's based on phonetics you could just i don't know mumble to yourself what it is or whatever like if it's a pao um maybe but i'll just be like in my head just going or mumbling i know some vocalizations kind of discouraged i think i i think i do it a lot i don't i'm not sure but I catch myself like mumbling to myself a lot when I memorize. So um, maybe that slows me down. I don't know, but um, yeah. And then do that. So you go with, like rapid fire. Just I just review my phonetics as fast as I can. Um, so that trains like two different, like I, it kind of isolates two different things um, in a way, and uh, that helps too. I find uh, if nothing else, it helps you get warmed up. So like if you do that, and then you know take a, couple, a few minutes, and then go memorize some cards after. I feel like you know it's like doing a you know a warm-up set at the gym like you're ready to ready to rock so if nothing else it gets you warmed up for that i think so like focus training uh focusing on a particular particular aspect and mm -hmm. uh doing the boring uh things um mm -hmm. knowing knowing that they will bring a, bring about good results yeah 
basically yeah so the boring that's i mean that's all the, the best the best get good stuff is you, you do all the boring stuff right you put the time in you put the work in and um yeah do, doing all the the non-sexy stuff but i mean it pays off man it really does um and trying to like doing those drills i said and then like trying to maybe the next day or the day after like you don't have to do those every day really i mean you can but then try to do an extra deck um for for either drill like try to or see if you can do a few extra cards in the same time limit or or go for longer you know do a longer period and see how that like do different i always recommend just even in training in general to do different doing different lengths of events like not doing just memory league all the time or doing just standard events like jump around do different things i find getting better at different different lengths of events helps so i think that would apply as well to um to like the speed drills like it it's one of those things where um like I, I find practicing um, like spoken numbers and five minute numbers and stuff like that, all that, it all, there's spillover there, you know, like it helps me with my memory league, my memory league numbers, which is like memorize as many as you can, 80 digits as fast as you can, like that, that has obviously carry over an application to those events. I, I find it kind of keeps you well-rounded. Um, so I do that with my drills to all change the times or the speeds. Memo camp too, for those of you who still use memo camp, there's like a setting in there I feel like nobody knows about. Um, it's called system training. So in the system training page, you can set up a speed to have the computer just rapid fire numbers or card pairs at you. So like I'll, I do that a lot because it's kind of like the lazy way of doing what I was saying instead of going through it yourself. So I'll put on, uh, you know, okay, major system numbers. So a thousand digits, um, random, and then I'll put it at a speed of like 0.5 and then I'll they go boom, 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 boom. And I'll try to re read them. That, that's almost too fast for me to picture them. And then if I want to actually be picturing them as fast as I can, I'll go a little slower, but I'll do that with card pairs too. So Memo Camp's got features too, where you can do that. So if you don't want to do it yourself, you can you can set a time and then try to just re read or picture the things as fast as you can. So there, there's lots of ways you can do this, but it's good, man. I, I think it gets you, it gets you nice and sharp. Um, yeah nice I, I didn't know that uh, they had that feature I'll, I'll check it out how many loci would you recommend for a cards memory palace and i'm speaking of the um the two card shadow system uh okay well i mean if we're, if we're doing the math you should i mean you should have 26 right but um that's never happened ever i'm sure i think you're safe i'd say on average i use between 12 I mean, it obviously varies. Sometimes 11 locations, usually like 12 to like 15, 16 is all I ever need. Um, the odd deck, I'll need 17 or 18 locations. I, like very, very, very seldom, 19 or 20, very seldom though. But yeah, usually 11, 12, like 15 to 16, absolute most, like 80, 80 or 90% of my decks I can, I can get with, with that much. So. What I would do is I'd create a, a palace, yeah, with maybe maybe 20 just to be safe. And then if if you end up short a couple at the end, just grab just grab those ones. I don't know. I like you shouldn't need more than 20 or 21. Um so maybe, you so you keep them at 20? 20, 21, but like you'll never you'll like most of my card palaces have about I think I put 21 in all of them, just to be like extra careful. And I don't think I've gotten even to 19 in any or yeah. I probably got the 18 like once or twice, but just the ratio of how many black first pairs and red first pairs, like it's so seldom you're going to get what, like that many red first pairs out of all of them and have like single, single images in most locations, like just mathematically, the odds that are so low 
like you'll never need to get to 18 almost ever so like but yeah do 20 or 21 just to be safe um and then you might have one deck like i don't know once in a lifetime that'll you'll need more than that but i've never had it happen never and um do you mix your palaces uh so for example uh some people they have palaces just for cards well they um and then they also have palaces just for numbers and then there are others who mix them up so they can have a palace for cards but also use that same palace for numbers and images and so forth what is your approach um my cards and numbers i can interchange and i will sometimes um especially for like longer marathon events and I need more palaces all for car. I, I usually do the marathon thing with the cards. I'm a big cards guy. I feel like I was like, I, I don't know. I forgot into memory, got my shadow system. I got good at this stuff. I feel like I'm built for marathon card events. Like, um, I don't know. I just love them. I absolutely love long card events. And um, it's a lot I'll of stanima. It does. Yeah, it does. And there's something about it that just, I just, it, it just speaks to me. I don't know it's like this fire inside me wants to do marathon card events all the time and um i'll use my my card or my my number palaces for that if i need to um i mean i use i'm one of the you know people that use a separate word and like i use a people in my locations for words i know you guys have talked about that on the show before i actually use those i i use those same palaces where i have a person in each location i use those for images too actually um are you i, are, I think are you the first person to use that for image images i've never met anyone that does that no um but my images scores um like instantly like what like when i when i did it for words and i actually stumbled upon that with words um on my own i i started doing i was struggling so hard in words i couldn't get past like 15 in a minute and i was just so down and then i had the idea to i think i pictured like my father-in-law in the front yard and a couple other family members and i remember instantly i was like oh there's something here I'm, and, I, and, and then I listened to an interview with Katie came out with like two days later and she talked about her personal look. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm onto something. This is good. So I still give her credit. I'm like, I'm anyway. So having her articulate that and give the details was huge for me. But then my images were the same thing. I was doing five minute images and I just couldn't, I just sucked at it. And uh, I uh, was like, what if I use my word palaces? And my first attempt, I, I broke my personal record. Okay, here we go. So then, um, memory league, same thing. I kind of hit a rut. I was like, what if I use those palaces for memory league images? Cause I thought ah, that's too slow for memory league though. Uh, but I mean, you know, I, I it, it works. Okay. Like I, I, I can do, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the best of the best at images, but it gets me by and it works. Um, it kind of acts as like a peg system actually. Like there's some people, yeah, yeah. I, there was one girl I used to play way back when I was like division three, um, three, four years ago. And um she was i think she was chinese i can't think of her name right now I, she hasn't competed in, in years but she could do 30 images in like 11 seconds and she all she did was use a peg system so like the first image was always like had her teddy bear or something in it second image had a doctor i don't know it was something and that was all it was literally all she did and uh, it was a peg system she used the same peg system every time and she could smash people in images so that made me think, well, if I'm kind of using like a hybrid of palaces and pegs in a way, because there's, there's times where I'm not picturing the locations. I'm just picturing the person interacting with the images and stuff. Like, it's weird, man. Like whatever, what's going on in my mind, I can't even like, again, it's hard to articulate. Like it's, it's a mix of 
location and the person and the images I'm seeing and inter them intertwining because I put two images in a location and it get it gets messy man when you're moving that fast so that's maybe a downside like I do make errors <laughs> but really give it just so maybe I should rethink it but I, I like it it works for me so but I don't know anyone else that does that no um but I'd encourage people to try it it's fun yeah I yeah. I, I like this I like this idea of experimenting um because uh memory memory sports um it doesn't have a, a long history so I think uh, uh I think it's good to experiment and to try out different things and to see mm -hmm. what works see uh what doesn't mm -hmm. work and so forth so yeah I think that's I think that's that's good mm -hmm. One of the complaints that we often hear is that it takes a long time creating a three-digit system. What would you encourage someone to do if they feel stuck at creating an image for a number in their system uh, where they can't seem to find a word that matches the phonetics? Um, and also uh, just encouragement for someone who's creating a system in, in general. So of uh, they've been working with a, a two-digit system for a while and they now want to transition to a three-digit system mm -hmm. what what advice would you give there oh i got all sorts of things so um if you're stuck on a, thinking of an image man and my my list was messy for for a while right um there's there's a bunch of websites you can use right like there's like major i haven't been in them forever because i created my system years ago um numsy was one I think Numsy's still around. Um, that was one I was late to. Um, Nelson Dallas mentioned it in a video after I was almost done all my systems. I was so mad because it was by far the best. So you you basically you just type in your three-digit number and it spits out every possible phonetic you know for that three-digit number. There's a couple other websites that do that too. I we can maybe put some links or something for that, but um, that that saved my bacon was doing that. Um, there's a, and there was, a, I found a couple of major system lists that people had graciously shared that I don't think are up anymore. Um, and I would, I was using some of their images and, um, yeah, my suggestion too is like, if, if that doesn't help you though, because there was a few combinations where just not, it'd be blank, the page would be blank. So you had to figure it out. So using sheets, like I said earlier, like the image I used for 368 is mischief, but like M six, eight. So M is a three, right? And six and eight. So there's an S that I just pretend doesn't exist. I do that for one of six, uh, which is disc, disc jockey. Um, like, uh, so like, so like a DJ, but like one or six, I, um, I pretend like the C from disc doesn't exist. So like, I'll just eliminate certain letters, um, or sometimes use like initials, right? So like three, two, eight for me is MNF. So I use Monday Night Football and I think of a football helmet um, and stuff like that. Or, or like, like MLK. MLK. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. So like you can use abbreviations for things. Um, and again, like even if a word doesn't make sense, as long as it reminds you of something, um, that's what that's what's important. Like the word itself doesn't have to make a lot of sense. So I have a few words where I picked the best word that was available um, and I made a memorable association with it. Um, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I for sure probably still have some weak ones I could fix, but uh, that'd be my suggestion. It's just, you got to get creative. You, you, that's just kind of the end of the day. And uh, if you're really stuck, go to the Art of Memory forum, uh, post on there. Everyone's super nice. And go, hey, I got a list of 
you know, 20 numbers I super stock on. Can anyone help? And just list them and then we'll, we'll help you. <laughs> um, okay. And then if for somebody transitioning to a three digit system, like it takes time. And like, the good thing is you can still use your two digit system while, um, you know, while, so you don't have to like, if you're competing in a memory league or you're doing other things, you don't have to like, just, you know, you know, hibernate for a few months. Um, that's what I did uh, when I did it. Like I, I practiced, Cause that, that was my, my choice though. And I decided that I wasn't, that was my focus. I was like, I want to get good. I, I need a card, a two card system. I need a three digit system. I'm done with PAO. This is like, I was just done with it. I was like, I, 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 I felt keeping on using it when I could use that time to put into my new system was more valuable. And I had no, I I'd finished my competitions for the year. So I had nothing on the horizon. So that was the best choice for me. So on my coffee breaks at work, I would, I would do like words and images and names. And then um, on my lunch breaks, it was all doing my, my system, like uh, all my digits and stuff. So what I did was I, I first wrote out all my images. So I did that. I did this at home and I would, um, I, I had a notebook and I wrote everything out by hand. And that took a couple months probably. It was just like, you know, grinding away every day, every other day, like um, sitting in front of the computer, typing in digit combinations, you know, blah, blah, blah. And while I was on my parental leave, my first daughter was born. I finished, I remember writing 999 and I wrote, wrote baby bop like from Barney, Barney and friends. I was like, I'm done. I remember I threw, threw my pen down in my book and I texted all my memory buddies as fast as I could. And I'm like, okay, I finished it. And I was like, oh, now I got to type all these into my Quizlet app. Like I'm not, not even close to done. So then I, I went, um, I took the rest of the week off and I went back to work the next week. So then, then it was every lunch break was me creating flashcards and going, this, is this image worth using? Should I change this image? And it was me or five. So that took, um, I think like six weeks of just every single lunch break and then time at home too. When I, when I could, I would just be creating flashcards and I created a thousand flashcards. Uh, and again, I refined every image. I changed a bunch. And then once I finished that, I spent like the next few lunch breaks, just going over all thousand again, just making sure, you know, are there any duplicates? Are there any, you know, even after that, I still found some, but uh, you know, went through it again. And then I was like, okay, now I can start a learning this, but B I can start doing my shadow system face images. Cause um, the way the fanatics work is there's no, like you can use 992 of your major system. So this is great. So you can, if you use, you have a three digit system um, already, you can do the shadow system with cards. You only got to come up with an extra 360 images, which is like, you already have a thousand. What's another 360, right? So that's an encouragement to people out there. It's like, if, if you finish the thousand, a lot of, there's a lot of athletes out there who they, it, and it's great that they did a three digit system. Cause that's hard to do, but they, they call it at that. Cause like doing a two card system is too hard. We're like, well, we have the ability now to, to like, we don't need, need 2,704 images anymore. You only need 1352. Um, and you know, it's not that much more work. It's just, people are scared of the phonetics. Uh, and like the card, the reading the cards, because that part's super confusing. So I was like, you just got to put the work in. But um, yeah, you know what? Like, it's not a, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, um, and it's worth it. And I always think about like, you could put it like I, and I put put off doing it for so long. And I don't know when I was done. I was like, why did I wait so long to do this? Like, I now I have this system, and um, it's mine. And like, it's in my head. And I could have had this a year or two ago if I wanted to and i didn't I, i'm glad i have it now but there's a lot of people that just put it off for years and years and then eventually just never do it um and it's like well you could and it goes goes for anything in life it's like 
you could start it today and then like in a year from now you could have the system done and be practicing with it or you could be a year from now and not have it and like you'd probably be better off with it right so um it's hard work though man and it sucks it's really hard and boring and uh but it's worth the work man because like it was one of the best best decisions i ever made was to was to invest my time and effort into it and it's paid dividends because like it, it there's guys out there who do PAO and they do fine. Like, like the Mongolians do awesome. There's people who use just basic two-digit systems like Pratik in India and a bunch of the Chinese athletes. They use just basic two-digit single card systems and they're setting world records. I don't know how, but, but they are. Um, but like for me, PAO, I loved, but like the, the best deck of cards I ever did PAO was 35 seconds. I think Alex Mullen had even said he had only done a 40 second deck was his best. Um, and now with the shadow system, it's like, like I never dreamed of the day I would be able to do a deck of cards in 30 seconds. Um, and like, I've done multiple under 18 now and mm -hmm. it's crazy, man. Like, and that's just, I mean, obviously I put the work in just practicing, but, um, I couldn't do that without the shadows, like without a two, two card system. Yeah. In my opinion, you need a two card system. I think Andrea Muzi would say otherwise, but, um, <laughs> I think he's the exception to the rule in my opinion. Uh, but three digits for sure you got to get that because the thing is to if you're competing in the big like in the actual big memory competitions where there's 10 events i know everyone says like you know half the events are number based right but like really seven of them are because like everyone's card system is predicated on their number system and there's always a there's always speed cards and there's always a long card to that so really there's seven like the only ones that aren't are words names and images so you have seven seven freaking events based on your number system and so if you can't have that in tip-top shape and have it like be as the best it can be it's like what are you doing you know so for me that like when you think about all these different things it's like to me it's a no-brainer it's worth the effort um but i don't know like for some people it's you know and there's no, there's nothing wrong with basic systems either there's something to be said with the simplicity of um i don't know like like the um the, some of the mongolians it's like they're doing you know, memorizing 40 decks in an hour with a one card with a PAO. I'm like memorizing 6,000 binary in half an hour with a, there's like a PAO PA and they, they go across the, the line once and that's it. And it's like, okay. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's basic systems have their place. Uh, but for me, uh, if, if, I don't know, if memory is more than more of just a hobby for you, basics good. But I don't know, for me, it's some, it's something really serious and worth investing in. And, it's absolutely worth the time and the effort and it, it'll pay dividends, man. Like I can't stress that enough. I, I just can't. Did you ever imagine that you would be memorizing at the level you are now? Like, you know, you, oh, you no. look at Johannes, you look at Alex and you're like, this is insane. Like, did it's you, weird, did you ever imagine, Oh, I would be in the same division with, with these guys. No, I, ne I never thought I would. I mean, even a couple of years ago, I would have been like, yeah, it's kind of a stretch. Um, yeah, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be. And like, you know, here, like a year ago, I played Johannes in that, our first uh, memory league, the, the Pan American Open. And I, I was, uh, I, I ended up upsetting them and I won. And like, that was probably one of the more memorable wins of my whole memory career was that. And like, I, I adore Johannes. I think he's an awesome guy. But it was like, I don't know. It was like the, one of my first like really big, 
really big things and it was really fun to i've played him twice in seasons since then and he's kicked my butt so, so i was you know what he won he won the first match so it's like if it was just down to a best of one he would have beat me but it was a best of three and we it was it was so tight and i ended up winning and yeah, yeah. competing against these guys you know like it's yeah, yeah that's it's, encouraging it's, it's weird I, mean, I don't have words to describe it yeah definitely but yeah i mean i worked my way up you know like anyone I've listened to all of your interviews, by the way. Hmm. And in, in another interview, you made some insightful comments on the importance of reviewing your failures and successes in training. If you recalled something incorrectly or recalled something correctly, but there is a slight doubt, what are some of the questions you ask yourself? Could you elaborate more on this? Hmm. Um, yeah, I see this in like, uh, I find I, I do a lot of this in names, like names and words and images, those types of events where there's a bit of guessing involved. Um, with cards, it's like I'm solving a puzzle almost. And because um, I have a limited amount of things to work with. So like, it's it's fun. But the other stuff, it, it it's kind of different to me. And like with, I find I do this a lot, actually, probably with words the most, like where uh, I have a possible word swap and I'm like, okay, uh, I really don't know. And I'm like, my gut's saying this, but half the time my gut's wrong. So sometimes I, I go against my gut knowing that it, my gut, and, I, and I'll get it right because my my gut is to swap them a lot. I don't know why that is. But um, so if, if I get it right, but I'm like, okay, that was way too tight. Like I, I basically guessed, I'll, I'll, I'll review the words and go, okay, what? And I'll try to think of like, okay, what did I picture in my head? You know, and then, what happened there? What can I do better to make sure that doesn't happen? Because like, that's basically a failure in a way, because it's like, it was a 50, 50. So if, if I got that wrong, I'd have been doing the same thing. So it's like, I, I should treat it as a failure. So I can eliminate those, those things from happening. So yeah, I'll just review like, why was this thing harder? Why were these two images, um, if I'm doing images, why were they harder to pair up than maybe these other two? Why, like, how would I not mix them up moving forward? And I mean, sometimes like they, memory league images are hard like sometimes you end up with five different mountains and flowers, flowers and dogs and cats yeah three different yeah three different like cities in the daytime and then a couple planets and it's like yeah you just mix the stuff up so sometimes it happens but um yeah with words and stuff um i find that's probably the most common thing where i got a review like what happened here why did i get or I'll, or i'll you know okay was it relegated or relegation I'm pretty sure it was Shen and I don't know why. And I'll get it right. And I'm okay, but why, you know, okay, what happened there? What's I got trying to figure out why I thought it was that way. And sometimes it's just residual memory, I guess. There's not there's not a good reason, but I, I try to think, okay, what will I do next time? Like, okay, if it was this word or if, if it was this variation or that variation, how would I picture it differently? And I do that with names too. Like for names I get wrong. Okay, next time I do this, uh, you know, what would I do differently or sometimes i see the name and i'm like oh yeah I, I had a super clear image for that i just i just forgot it sometimes you just forget stuff you have on a bad day you know um that happens but for times where there's yeah you can reflect and be be constructive i'll just quickly go over them and go, okay how how can i better handle this exact name on this person you know if i had all the time in the world what would i do and i'll quickly just take and it's i don't spend that that long on it like i'll spend like 10 or 15 seconds just review and that's it and then you just try to do better, do better next time um 
you know, with names, it's hard. Cause like, I don't, if you're to keep a names list, you'd have like a billion names in there, you know? So yeah. I have a list of like foreign names. Like that's how I got good at like Chinese names. But um, for the most part, yeah. It's like, I'm not going to have a list of Bob, Bobby, Robert, Will, Willie, William, but like, I'm not, I don't have a unique images for all those. I just, you know, do what comes to my head. And <laughs> so um, that's, that's good advice. Um, so, so being active in your, your training and asking, asking good questions. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Investigating stuff. Yeah. So one thing that encourages me about you is your, your discipline and consistency. I think uh, one of the hardest things about memory sports or memory training in general is just doing it like consistently. Uh, you find a lot of people, they get into it, they stop, they get back into it, they stop. Or they say, oh, it's uh, too hard, or I'm too busy, or it's too overwhelming. Um, so, so what would you say to someone who feels they don't have time to train? And how could one be consistent in training when they have busy lives? Mm, well, I mean, I have a very busy life. I, I do all, like 90% of my training, I do it, do it my job. So I get two coffee breaks on lunch hour and that's all I do is memorize on those breaks. And that's basically all my training. <laughs> so I, I sip my coffee or eat my lunch. I mean, sometimes I'm just, I don't have time. I just memorize and then I'll eat my lunch in between, like, you know, in between calls and stuff quick and stuff like that. Um, but I do all my training at work because I, I don't have time at home. Um, I mean, I, I could make the time, but there's, there's only so much time in a day. I got stuff, you know, I got other responsibilities and things like that. Um, so it's hard, man. But so you got to find the time. Like, otherwise, like I, I could just say, oh, I don't have time. Like I, I got two kids and, you know, a wife, we both work and we you know we have busy lives and whatever. Okay. That's it. Like I could just disappear, but I'm like, well, no, that's not an option. So I, I thought I work at a computer all day. Um, I, and I have a little locker. I can stick my noise canceling earmuffs. So I look like probably look like a weirdo sitting on my desk doing that. People just leave me alone and <laughs> they won't memorize and stuff. Uh, so I, I find the time, man, like what I used to do back before, before that was I would get up really early in the morning. And when we had just had the one, the one kid, uh, she would sleep in later. And, um, I just get up before she woke up and memorized then, um, and memorized during their naps and stuff like that. So like, you got to find those small times, you know, um, there's some good apps on your phone. So like, even if you get a few minutes here and there, like memory ladder is probably the best one. Um, you know, if you get some time, you can memorize stuff in bed, um, in the bathroom, like, you know, whatever, like, uh, five or 10 minutes a day. Like it doesn't take like do a couple decks of cards or, or, I mean, if you can't do deck, cards, but you know what I mean? Like do, do a couple of things a day, do something right. Like it, you, if you get 10 or 15 minutes, bust your phone out. Um, even like at the very least you can you do that. And like, I don't even train every day. Like there's a lot of weekends. I don't do anything because I, again, I know I'm busy dad, but um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta make the time. It's like going to the gym. It's like, that happens like the exact thing you described is what happens with people in the gym, right? They get going, they're like, Oh yeah, I feel good. And then they get discouraged. It gets hard. It's not fun anymore. I don't get, they're not getting their newbie gains anymore. And it's like, that usually separates the, the people who are serious and not. And it's like, like for me, it's the same thing. I, I love going to the gym and it's just something you do. This is like, I, you know, train, memory training is the same way. It's just, it's something you do. It's something I do. It's part of my life. And it's like, it just is what it is. It's like making it a habit. Going, it's going to the gym. It's a habit. Yeah. It's just something I got to do. Cause it's like, it's something I love and it's good for me. And it's just part of who I am. So yeah, you just make it a habit and 
you gotta find the time. <laughs> Very good. I I actually watched this match um on a memory sports TV, but uh you recently played against um I won't say recently because I don't know when this will release. Uh you played against Don Vickers, fellow Canadian. Yeah. Uh would you be able to share with us your experience? How did it feel uh uh seeing Don work his way up to division one and competing against him? What was your experience like? Oh, it was fun, man. Like I'm really proud of that guy. He's worked his tail off um the last like year and a bit. Like he hasn't been doing this that long. Um, and yeah, it's been cool. Him and I talk a lot, like all the time, almost every day, probably. And he's asking me questions. We trade ideas. He's he, and he's so into this, man. It's great. Like he sends me messages about, Hey, I'm playing this guy this week. Here's my strategy. I've been, you know, doing this and it's awesome. Um, yeah, Donnie loves this stuff and uh, it's been, it's been motivating for me to like, just to, you know, have, have new people to talk to in the, in the memory scene, but yeah, really, really proud of him. And like the guy's a total beast at like words and stuff. Like, yeah. like serious world-class scores at words. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool to have another like Canadian in division one. Uh, I mean, I was the first one and that was a few seasons ago and now we already got another one. So hoping we get more up here, but um, it was just, it was weird. It was surreal. I was like, yeah, I was, I feel like I was just like, almost like mentoring you a little bit, like not that long, that long ago. And then now you're playing against me. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was a good, it was a good match. Um, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was competitive. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he'll steal a win this season sometime. I know he's probably the underdog compared to everybody, but I think. He, I think. Oh, sorry. He already did win one. Sorry. He beat Boris, I think. But um, he'll probably steal another one. I think. So he's got his. He's got plans for everybody. It's it's great. So <laughs> yeah, he's very uh, strategic. Oh, he is. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. You had an ambitious project of memorizing 70 decks of cards um i'm kind of curious what did your memory training schedule look like to prepare for this memory feat oh man um so you know how like when you're okay i shouldn't say how you you know because i i never run a marathon but um when you train for a marathon you don't you don't run like multiple marathons preparing right especially like the week before you like you, you slowly build up to it and you maybe run, I, I talk it out of my butt here, maybe like a half marathon or something before, maybe less than that. So if my idea was the same. I was like, okay, I'm going to work my way up and I'm not, I'm not going to try to memorize 60 decks of cards the week before, you know, like I'm going to work my way up and then just know that I can mentally get to a certain point. Because for me, it was about building the mental stamina. I know I had the skill to do it. I only, I needed the memory palaces to memorize 70 decks of cards and I needed the stamina. Um, and then I had to figure out kind of my strategy as to, when do I review and all that? And I, so I, I was kind of working those kinks out. Um, so I memorized, so just a bit of background. So it was a uh, fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Society of British Columbia. Um, so it, it was estimated or is estimated that 70,000 people in BC have uh, some form of dementia or Alzheimer's. So um, that's where the 70 came from. So it was in honor of, in honor of them. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to memorize 70 decks of cards. And a lot of people were like, oh, so like you memorized one and then recalled it. And then memorized, no, 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 no. I, I memorized all of them and then recall all of them, which is like, in retrospect, totally psycho. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> whatever, whatever. It worked out. It worked out. Okay. So 
what I did was, um, and I'd already practiced the long events cards here and there, right? So I'd done hour cards a couple times. Um, I had done half hour cards a couple times. 10 minute, 10 minute cards is one I used to do regularly, actually. So um, I did, so three or four months out, I started doing Twitch streams every like Thursday. And I go, okay, I'm gonna do a couple. So I did a few weeks of 10 minute cards. Okay, and then I did three weeks of half hour cards. And then I got, uh, I think my best there, I got to 19. 18 or 19 decks and then I did three weeks of hour cards and there my second week I got to 29 decks and then the third week I attempted 30 it was like 31 and change or 30 something and I botched a couple a few of the decks I I, I stretched a little too far so anyway and then I, I, I think I rested a week or two and then I attempted a two hour card one so this was the longest one I did. So I memorized, I attempted to memorize 40 decks of cards in two hours and I got 39 right. Um, so I got, so it was two hour memo. I think recall was like two hours too. Um, and then that was like, I think about a month or so out, three weeks out maybe. Um, and then uh, I just did like shorter card ones again, just kind of ramped down. But I'm okay, I, I know I can mentally kind of do this. I've set up in front of my computer for so many Thursdays in a row doing this, I think I'm good. So then, and then the actual event came. So I, it was August, I think, August 28th, I think it was. Um, and it was all day. So I started streaming at eight. I think I got memorized in by like 8.15, 8.20. And mem memorization lasted nine and a half hours. And recall was five, right? And I ended up getting 68 decks right. Had a card swap on deck five and deck 57. So I got four cards wrong out of 3,640 cards. So my strategy there, so that was my ramp up. And then my strategy was, was um, I was gonna memorize them in sevens. So I memorized decks one through seven and then uh, reviewed those. And then I did the next seven and reviewed those. And I got all the way to 35 and, and then I started over and then I did one through 35 again. So I saw all the first 35, like three times. And then I did the same thing with the back half. Um, and then, um, I think I took a break in between there. And then I did, I basically repeated that, right? So then I, I went through, I think one through, and I, I kind of worked my way halfway, reviewed them again, did the back ones again. And then I think I, I looked at all of them again in one shot. I feel like I did them all again. I ended up seeing them all like six or seven times. And then I hit a point where I was like, oh, I kind of want to see them all one more time, but I'm like, it's 70 decks. It's like another hour and a bit. <laughs> I'm just going to go for it. So I remember I went through each deck one more time and just guessed, I, I made sure I knew the first pair in each one, just to know, just to make sure I had my palaces in order. Cause like I can have every card memorized, right? But if I get my palaces mixed up, like I could, I could get all these wrong still. Like how gutting would that be to know I got all of them most or all of them right. And I just mixed the order of the decks up. So I, I went, I just tested myself on the order of the palaces. So I just went, okay, first, first image is this. I'm like, okay, good. Okay, palace two, first image is this, open my eyes. Good. And then I went through, I made sure I had everything in order. And then I was like, let's do it. And I went through and it was weird, man. I'm like, I remember going through, came okay, an hour in, I'm two hours in, I'm on deck 30 something and on deck 40 something. And it was just flowing out of me. I was just like, uh, if you like would have stopped and asked me, I would have been a little stuck. But as I got going, just moving the mouse around, click at the cards. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Like I was just, it was weird. It was like, I never committed to memorizing something like that insane before. So, and there was a handful of decks I was stuck on, but 
I spent like 10, 15, 20, I had all day, right? So I got to, it wasn't like a, you know, a actual memory that where you, know, you have a certain amount of time. So I was actually able to problem solve and like really dive in and figure stuff out. And it was crazy, dude, but it, it worked out good. Um, but practicing like the lead up, like I described it, like you asked, it, it definitely paid off. If I would have just went in blind, like I don't think I would have done as well, but then people are asking me to lead up to it. They're like, yeah. Like, especially people that aren't familiar, they just think like, you're a crazy person. How do you know you can do this? I'm like, well, you've never done it before. I'm like, yeah, I am fine. I'll, I'll be fine. I just, and I just knew I could do it. I have 100% confident. I never had a doubt. Um, and then the day of, I'm like, oh, but I'm like, well, I'm here. Might as well go for it. And um, yeah, man, it worked out fine. So <laughs> nice, yeah, I got, nice. I got lots of ambitions, uh, uh, different card records I want to have and stuff. I'm figuring all that out, but yeah, that was the first of many. And hopefully I can just keep raising money for stuff. And yeah. Do you have any um like uh long-term memory projects like pie or I don't know? Um, um I do. You know, I've been putting it off for a while and I, I think I might try it next year. I might. I don't want to say this officially because I'm on a podcast here, but I would like to smash the Canadian pie record. It's current it's like 8600 80, or something like that. And I say it as if it'd be easy, like. I, I could, I, I think I could do it. I just have to, I just have to put the work in. That's all. Um, I would like to beat that. Um, I do want to take Dave Farrow's memory card record away from him. I actually have a, I haven't announced this publicly at all, but I have an application that's been approved by Guinness to, um, to break that record. So for those of you who don't know, Dave Farrow is a fellow Canadian and he's him, him and Dominic O'Brien traded turns owning the, most cards memorized in a single city so it's kind of what i did with my charity event except i reviewed my decks um and they didn't so they saw every card one time and that was it which is totally totally insane um dave farrell currently holds the record he set it back in 2007 uh 59 decks so it's like it was like a whole 16 hour this recall alone i think was like 16 hours or something and he made a couple minor errors but then corrected them right away and it was within the the error range that Guinness allows and whatever anyway I've told him personally, like, cause him and I've talked a bunch and I, I've told him I, I plan on taking that from him. So I have that. I've got a couple of other. No, oh, that's exciting. A couple of things I want to, I'm, I got in the works. So um, we'll see. Anyway, we'll see what happens there. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I might, I might just not do it, but. Nice. Nice. See. We'll see. What do you do when you accidentally skip a location and you realize it during your memorization process? How do you gain back your your momentum, or or what goes through your through your mind? Yeah, it depends. You know, it depends what event we're talking. If it's words, I always find that screws <laughs> screws me when I miss a location because I have them with cards and stuff. I have variable locations, so I can. Um, it's actually not a huge deal. Um, I'll just, sometimes I just get confused. So I'm like, "What was here? What happened here?" Or sometimes I'll. I'll I'll forget to move a location and I'll put two two separate like scenes in one location, and I've had, I've done that in cards before. I don't know why, but it's not as big of a deal with words. It messes me right up because I have all the palaces carefully constructed um, to the right amount of locations. So then when I finish my my words and I'm like, why is there two words left? And I'm like, oh shoot! And I mislocate. I'm like, I don't know where it is. And then time runs out. And then you know, and then and then I'll you know, ah so words is hard man um I'm trying to think i don't have good advice for that because i don't do it that much but when i do it it screws my whole thing up if so i usually don't notice it 
until the end though. But if I notice it like for cards or, or numbers, if I notice it while I'm memorizing, um, like if we're, if we're talking memory league, usually I, I have extra locations because the palaces I have constructed are met, are built for bigger events. So I have extra locations. So if I realize that while I'm doing it, I just know to skip it. Um, I, I'll know that I missed it. I'll make a mental note. And it, it sucks because usually that slows whatever event I'm doing, it slows it down a bit. Um, it happens though, you know, sometimes you make a mistake and whatever, um, but you, you just gotta kind of try not to get rattled. Sometimes with cards too, if I, yeah, if I skip a location or something funky happens, sometimes I have to go back a couple, a couple pairs of cards and just, cause it, sometimes I keep going and I end up, I finish at the same speed I was going and I, I end up messing the whole deck up. But uh, instead, had I gone back a couple pairs, correctly memorized it, you know, sometimes I'll read a pair, read a pair of cards wrong, or again, I, I, I catch the location thing. I'll fix it in my head, move it. My deck's five seconds slower now, but I'll get them all right. And if my opponent, if I'm playing somebody, my opponent happens to make a mistake, I'll still win. Um, you know, so I try to think of it that way. And it, I try to think of it as a learning opportunity, I guess, not to um, not to get too down on it. Um, it doesn't happen to me in events too much, although it does. And it happened to me, actually, it happened to me in my last match. And I had to, um, I messed up a location. I was playing Boris. And um, I'm typically faster than him at cards, but he called my bluff. And I made a mistake the first, I challenged him in cards at the beginning and I made a mistake. I, I flopped two cards. I was being lazy. I didn't read them properly. I had the, I had it all right in my head and I just put the cards in the wrong order. So he beat me. So then he challenged me at cards at the end, probably thinking I was maybe rattled or something. And then he went super fast. His time actually beat mine because I made a mistake memorizing. I had to go back and redo like five card pairs, but I got them all right at the end. He made a mistake and I won. So, um, me not rushing because if I would have rushed that I would have lost that and we would end up with a draw that match so I ended up winning the match because of it so I, I think you're better off just making sure you got it down and correcting yourself you know just, just um, fixing it yeah especially if you're doing like you know the actual memory like in an IAM event and you're doing five minute numbers or something like that and you make a mistake you're losing 40 points on a row of numbers or if, if the images overlap on the two lines and you miss a location um you could lose 80 points it's like you're better off losing 10 or 15 seconds. And like, you know, if, if you catch right away, sometimes you don't catch right away. And then, you know, when you're doing your, because like, I review in five minute numbers, right? I'll go to, you know, the two minute buzzer or so, and then I'll stop and I'll go through. And if I know, sometimes I catch then I, it happens where, oh, I, I didn't notice till my review that I missed something. Then at that point, you just make a mental note. Go, okay, yeah, I skipped this thing. Oh, well. And then uh, that, everything's just a little off now. Because again, I have my palaces constructed very carefully that I know exactly you know, where each line ends and blah, blah, blah. And you just got to make a mental note about it. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. It happens though. Unfortunately, that's why you got to review your palaces before you do your events. <laughs> Cause a lot of times where this happens to me, it's cause I was a little careless and didn't review. So we, we all have our go-to discipline. So when I'm, when I'm watching Alex, I know that, oh, he's going to choose cards or with, uh, Simon and Katie. You know, we have international names with Naoki and Don. We have words. Um, did your go-to discipline ever change over the course of your memory career? Did you hate one discipline at first, but eventually developed a greater enjoyment of it? Has, has this ever occurred to yeah, you? Yeah, I think I really disliked words when I started. 
it was hard, man. And, um, like really hard for me. And, um, once I figured the personal location thing out, I just was like, I took that approach of, okay, I'm going to make my worst event. I'm just going to try and make it one of my better and one of my strengths. And then when I started competing in memory league in, you know, years ago, when I still had a PAO system, I wasn't as competitive. Um, words was kind of one of my better events. Um, just cause like my cards and numbers weren't anything too special. Like I could beat a few people, but otherwise if somebody was, you know, decent at them, they, they would whip me. So, um, yeah, like words and names had to be kind of be my go-tos um, uh, just to get by. And we're, we're just kind of taking a back seat for me now. I don't practice it as hard because like the upkeep with cards and numbers with such a big system, you have to practice them all the time just to stay stay on top. I also like those events a lot. So I, I kind of get caught in that trap where I just practice the things I like a lot. But because the systems are, are so huge, it warrants me dedicating, you know, like in my opinion, like, you know, over 50 well over 50 percent of my training probably goes just into those mats just because um if just i'm not sharp on those yeah and those are what make like those are what make me competitive in division one right so i gotta maintain um but yeah it was definitely i hated words a lot and then i got to i, I like words now i like it a lot it was my favorite event actually until until i revamped cards and stuff and now with such a big system with cards and numbers i i love it because i don't get bored with my images anymore i have so many images to work with again comes in handy in marathon events um and we, nobody ever talks about binary but binary is awful if you have a two-digit system because you're limited to like 64 images right so as zero 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 to one 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 it's like if you have a three-digit system like you get like so much more bang for your buck like people use a three by three right i use a four three three so i have a thousand and twenty four images for binary so i get double what they do um, and I just love the big systems are great. Again, just another plug for big systems. Cause like the, just the image variety is awesome. So you see, if you're doing longer events, you don't see the same 64 images over and over and over. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I guess that was a thing for me back then, but now, um, yeah, my go-to now is for sure cards, I'd say. Okay. So cards, cards, it is. Yeah. Do you offer memory coaching? Um, where can we find you on social media? Do you have a, a website and where can we watch your matches? Uh, yeah, so I have a, a bradenmemory.com is my website. Um, so you just type in my, my name, B-R-A-D-E-N memory.com and you can reach me there. Um, I can find me on like most social media platforms like you know Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and stuff. Um, it, on the social medias, if you like on Instagram and Twitter, if you look up, Braden explosion is usually my handle on there on Twitch um, and stuff like that. You can find me there. Uh, YouTube. I don't, I'm not cool enough to have my own link there. So if you just like YouTube search Braden Adams memory, you'll find my channel. That's just my name. So uh, yeah, you can find me there. I do offer coaching to people. Um, I have, you know, people who just kids that like memory sports. I've had people I've, I've helped uh, study for tests or exams um some people just you know want to one one-on-one -on -one just to learn basic so it's like all, all sorts of different things I'm, I'm totally open to helping people with so yeah and I, I love problem solving so i've helped people solve you know solve their academic problems and different things and i kind of find that really interesting so um yeah i love doing memory training and yeah man so thanks for asking <laughs> yeah well it's it's been a pleasure speaking with you uh thanks for for being on the yeah, show man. 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I got lots. Of, I, I know I'm, I sound very talkative. I, I got lots I can continue on, but we yeah. can save that. Yeah, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, I like uh, talking about uh, techniques and mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's the vision of this this podcast is to make it yeah. uh, a resource. Um, so yeah, I appreciate your your insight and you know uh, best of luck to your. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah, find me a memory league competing uh, or check my website out if you want to chat or like on any social media platform, send me a message. I don't care. I'll talk to you about memory. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. Right. Yeah. Later so, on. yeah, likewise. Um, so yeah. I'll be sure to leave leave links to those below. Okay. And uh, thanks again, Braden. And hope you have a, a good rest of your day. Thanks, man. You too. Take care.